Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cook, and you found the Internet's number one most trusted source for Muppet boners and horny loners. Today you're going to hear round two from a show recorded July 14th, 2013 at the Hawthorne Theater in Portland, Oregon. First you're going to hear a piece from me that probably won't make much sense to you if you're not intimately aware of the Portland comedy scene. For that, I apologize. But then you'll hear Ian Carmel, Sean Jordan, Shane Torres, Stephen Wilbur, and Christian Ricketts all reading pieces they wrote backstage based upon audience suggestions. So first you'll hear them choosing topics, then we'll fast forward about 30 minutes into the future to hear the finished pieces. Enjoy. There are a few things that I'm a bigger fan of than Portland, so tonight I wrote this. Ian Carmel had just put the finishing touches on his final Portland as fuck column for the locally alternative weekly. It was something very clever about unicyclists coming over the border from Washington to steal jobs from hardworking Oregonian buskers. I don't know. I skimmed it and then liked it on Facebook as usual. It was Ian's final Portland Mercury column because in a couple of days' time, Ian would be moving to Los Angeles to pursue his dreams of doing comedy for a living instead of whatever the fuck comics do for money in Portland because nobody ever seems to have a job. That'll do, Ian proclaimed as he emailed his piece off to the person he assumed was his editor. Who knows? Print is dying. It doesn't matter. Now on to more important things, he thought aloud. Ian had been planning a final grand gesture for weeks. He'd thought long and hard about how he could possibly pay homage to the city that had given him so much, and had finally decided that the quiet ceremony he was about to undergo was the most apropos way. He had made one final sojourn to big-ass sandwiches by utilizing an exhausting combination of public transit, hitchhiking, and local sustainable bicycle rickshaws because no comedian has a car here, but hey, at least it's not Seattle. That place is fucking awful. (laughs) Ian approached the window and ordered two of his signatures. The Ian Carmel knows everything about scrumptious. The pair of monstrous sandwiches arrived as advertised, stuffed with pastrami, salami, bacon, Swiss cheese, and hand-cut French fries, because this is Portland and dying is hilarious. He made his way back to his dark apartment where apparently no one ever fucking cleans the bathroom. (laughs) Ian checked to make sure he was alone. Shane, you here, buddy? He called out. There was no answer. Shane was off doing whatever the fuck he did for money. (laughs) Just you and me, ladies, Ian joked as he unwrapped the hulking sandwiches and placed them on paper plates. (laughs) One on the table, one on the floor. He put an old Slater-Kinney album on the record player, dropped the needle, and then he dropped his pants. And before you could say Portlandia is as close as white people will ever come to having their own minstrel show, (laughs) Ian fell upon the floor sandwich and began fucking its brains out. Relinquish your juices, you meaty temptress, he wailed. As his cock churned through layers of soft, wet pig meat and sharp french fries, a sensation not unlike receiving oral sex from someone with braces. 
Just then, the front door burst open. It was unlocked as usual because locking your apartment would mean keeping track of a set of keys, and these were Portland comics after all. Hey, what's the scuttlebutt? Sean Jordan inquired for the 50th time in the last five minutes. I'm fucking this big-ass sandwich, Ian replied, unfazed. Still pumping away. He wasn't embarrassed because he'd seen Sean do far more humiliating things on stage. Well, can I eat that other one? Shane Torres asked, pointing to the still-intact sandwich that sat on a nearby table. No! Ian exclaimed a little too quickly and a little too loudly. The other sandwich has to watch or I can't come! Oh, I think we'll find a way, grinned Sean with his idiot face as he began disrobing. Ian arose, looked Sean in the eye, and kicked aside his mangled fuck lunch. He spun Sean around, removed his stupid fucking shorts, bent him over, and began ceremoniously slapping his beer brat fuck cudgel against Sean's prone, probably hairless ass cheeks. He achieved an even more powerful pork-fueled erection. There was mustard on his balls. Ian loved the feeling of mustard on his balls. But he now proceeded with trepidation. Though they were both way into this, it was uncharted territory for the pair. Ian mashed and massaged his junk in the vicinity of Sean's grunt bucket. He licked his palm and used it to wet the head of his dick and pressed it against the puckering scat cavity. But they weren't getting anywhere. Finally, Sean looked over his shoulder and into his friend's eyes and said, Better put some butter on it, playboy. Ian put some butter on it because Ian was never more than a foot away from butter. He scooped a healthy gob of room-temperature dairy gold out of a nearby bejeweled chalice with his index and middle fingers and held it aloft. He then paused for dramatic effect, and just then the door swung open again. Hey, guys, chirped Barbara home as she entered, only to freeze in her tracks at the sight of Sean on all fours in front of Ian. She couldn't help but notice that Ian, clad only in a T-shirt and poised with a mitt full of butter dripping down his wrist, Looked like a sweaty Italian Jew version of Winnie the Pooh. About to do something unspeakable to Tigger. While Eeyore watched. Shane, that's you. You're Eeyore. The three men froze for a second before Shane came to his senses. No girls allowed, he shrieked as he shoved her out and slammed the door in her face. Humph, huffed Barbara. This is officially my least favorite piece of misogyny this week. She ran off to blog about it, thus avoiding any further involvement in this tale that would make us both uncomfortable. Ian regained his composure, looked at his buttery fist, and proclaimed, Last tango in Portland, bitch! None of you have seen that movie. Before burying his buttery digits up to the third knuckle in Sean's boner owner in one smooth motion. That was even easier than me getting into Bridgetown, Ian boasted. 
Well, I do open for Doug Benson on the road a lot, said Sean. (laughs) They both laughed for what seemed like an hour before they noticed that Shane was crying. (laughs) What's the matter, buddy? Ian inquired. Forget it. You guys wouldn't understand. I'm moving to New York anyway. Fuck y'all. <laughs> moving to New York. That's a good one. Shane, you really are Portland's funniest person. <laughs> Ian said and somehow managed to high-five Sean, even though he was nuts deep in Sean's hip, up-and-coming southeast neighborhood. <laughs> That's dank. Gentrify that ass. I love skateboarding, said Sean. Guys, isn't it great that we all get to hang out together and do comedy and also butt stuff? He prattled on. Like the good-natured yet mildly retarded doofus he was. Ian wasn't listening. He was trying to hold off spilling his seed by counting his pumps like an entitled open micer counting the number of months he's done stand-up comedy while firing off an angry missive to Andy Wood after not getting into Bridgetown. But Ian could hold off no more, and with a groan, he blew a creamy glop into Sean that was thicker than the sausage gravy on a Dixie chicken from Club 21. Ian knew it was thicker because he had also fucked a Dixie chicken from Club 21. (laughs) The two collapsed in a sweaty heap and dozed off for a while as Shane whimpered silently in the corner and nibbled at the remaining sandwich, which he figured was now fair game. After a while, Sean awoke with a start, probably because Ian snores like the fucking apocalypse. He nudged Ian awake. Ready to go again, playboy, he asked. And go again, they did. But this time, just to make it interesting, they both crammed raw habanero peppers up their buttholes because this was Portland, after all. The end. Much... Uh, please welcome your round two comics who will be writing based upon your suggestions. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Carmel, Sean Jordan, Shane Torres, Stephen Wilbur, and Christian Ricketts. <laughs> Just realized how awkward this is going to be. So, uh, Ian's a huge deal, so he has another gig. So I'll be drawing for Ian and uh, texting him his subject, and then he's going to try to write it and get back over here. We'll see how that goes. Uh, That is not specific enough. Okay. Uh, Oh, toddlers and tiaras. I think we're giving him toddlers and tiaras, right? Like, why wouldn't we? Uh, Will you you text that to him? All right, so he's going to be here in a little bit with some toddlers and tiaras. So, uh, Christian Ricketts, ladies and gentlemen, step up to the mic, buddy. This part, if Christian likes the first suggestion, he can just take it. If he doesn't like it, I'll draw a second one, and then you guys will vote on which one. But there's no way we're going to get any better than toddlers and tiaras. So, uh, for Christian, your first option is Dumbo. How do you feel about that? No. No? Okay. Your next option is Torchwood. (laughs) I leave it to you good people. (laughs) Who wants Uh. to hear Dumbo? Yeah, that one might actually be easier than Torchwood. Who? It's not up to you anymore, unfortunately. No, you lost that opportunity. (laughs) Who wants to hear Torchwood? (laughs) 
It's the person who suggested it and literally nobody else. All right, Dumbo, Christian Ricketts, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Jordan, SJ, step on up to the mic. Uh, Sean, your first option is news radio. I never, no, I never watched it. All so, right, uh, all right. Apologize. Still might come back to it. Uh, your other option is Frasier. So. Is my dad out there? Is that <laughs> Here's hoping. Who wants to hear news radio? <laughs> All right. Frazier. Frazier it is. You can take that if you want. Shane Torres, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, buddy. Hey. How you, you doing? Did you read my journal or something that was remarkably <laughs> accurate? I assumed a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, your first option is family matters. Somebody in the fairgrounds going family matters. It doesn't matter. Okay. How do you feel about family matters? Uh, all right. Saved by the bell. So, who wants to hear Family Matters? You guys are all on one page. Saved by the bell. There it is. Finally, Mr. Stephen Wilbur. Hi. Stephen, your first option is Miami Vice. I'll see. I'll see what else you got. All right. All right. Let's see what else we got. He-Man. Who wants to hear Miami Vice? Who wants to hear He-Man? Stephen Wilbur, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for your round two comics. Round two, guys, I need someone who's there. Sean Jordan. Sean Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. The fabulous. Keep it going. Yeah, take your time, buddy. I only play Frasier on TV, Kelsey Grammer drunkenly said to a girl he'd been chatting up in the bar. They had been talking for almost an hour, and she had been hinting at how sexy she thought the character was. Kelsey Grammer on the show. Kelsey Grammer on his show was nothing. Kelsey Grammer was nothing, but on the show, he was amazing. <laughs> Already got lost. There was just something about him that made her want to go have weird, sloppy, depressed, pilled-out Seattle therapist sex. <laughs> Can we get out of here? Maybe do something a little more adult. Kelsey grew nervous. In his old guy age, he became uh, a little harder to rock up, if you will. The irony made him chuckle just a little bit that it was hard for him to get a boner. You can do this, he thought to himself. This is why you masturbate with condoms every morning when you wake up. You'll be just fine. He excused himself. I'll be right back. I need to use the restroom. He went, and to his surprise, he was fully erect. He had what we call in the business a pee boner. (laughs) This built his confidence, and he looked in the mirror and said, the doctor is in. Now you go throttle this little girl like Fraser Crane would do. (laughs) He crip-walked out of the bathroom and back to the dinner table. (laughs) He sat down with his newfound boner confidence. All right, baby doll. We can go back to the lab and I'll hit it like a G. But first, I gotta let you know that I'll do some stuff that Fraser Crane would do. They never aired on television. Some stuff you need to know about us. First off, Fraser hits it like a caveman. All right, when he's done with you, it's gonna be like dropping a straw down an open manhole. She almost slid out of her chair. She was so excited. Her hands were shaking. Her face was flush. Her nipples erect. Sign me up, doctor. They got up, 
Kelsey's pee boner tucked behind his weird old man weave belt and his gnarly pleated pants. She followed behind, soaked from the waist down like she had just got done fly fishing. (laughs) They climbed into his canary yellow Miata. The whole time, the whole ride back to his house, he talked about how good of a deal he got because the salesman loved his show, when in reality, he paid sticker price like a stupid old man actually would. (laughs) They ride back at Kelsey's house, and he set the mood. He cleared off all the cardigans from the couch, all the cardigans from the floor, all the cardigans out of his kitchen. (laughs) He went to put all the cardigans in his closet, but realized that was full of old sweaters that now he used for crank rags. So he just put on every cardigan that he owned. <laughs> he turned up the cradle of filth real loud. <laughs> he shaved one eyebrow. He lit a candle in the bathroom and he was ready to fuck. <laughs> oh, I got lost again. <laughs> okay, there we go. He was ready to shove his seemingly smart but lame in real life penis into her vagina that he was imagining was actually a leather satchel filled with bunches of important documents in it. Therapists really like that kind of stuff. (laughs) Just as he was heading... Just as he was heading in, he remembered that he actually had a pee boner. He panicked. You can't come with a pee boner. Only fake... Every fake doctor knows that. (laughs) He didn't know what to do. He already had on his cotton reusable condom that he got at last year's fake doctor convention in Walla Walla. You know, that Motel 6 was actually at a pretty shitty continental breakfast. Wait, Frazier, focus. What are we going to do? I have to pee, but I can't very well say that to her right now, can I? As he thought this, she got up, turned down the cradle of filth, and asked ever so shyly, will you pour your yellow dude water on me before we have sex? Wow! What luck. I snagged a dirt ball at the bar. Normally he wouldn't be into this kind of thing, but right now it was perfect. You want me to pee on you, he said? Do I ever, doctor. Treat my face like a campfire that needs to be put out. I'll smoke a cigarette while you do it to make it seem realer. He looked at the girl. He goes, realer isn't a word, toilet face. (laughs) He unbuttoned his his cotton old man condom. And there was a smart-looking but a lurker-in-real-life penis ready to pee out the horny little face. As he was doing this, he thought about his life and what he'd become. Sure, he had a vast collection of button-ups and dustbusters, but he was surprisingly unhappy. What have we become? This isn't okay, he thought. He pulled his phone out and snapped a photo before he stopped peeing on her, and then he stopped peeing on her. He looked at the young lady and said, What are we doing? Look at us. I don't even know your last name. It's dancing, she said with a smile. Kelsey's face lit up immediately glowing. This is Ted's daughter, he thought. (laughs) What an opportunity. So he immediately texted the photo of his daughter to Ted Danson with a caption that simply said, Who needs an Emmy? You can keep Diane. (laughs) Then they had a lot of sex. Thank you guys very much. Shaw Jordan. Keep it going for Stephen Wilbur. I had uh, Heman. Heman. 
Um, Prince Adam was wandering through the royal courtyard on a beautiful morning. With doofy innocence, he sniffed the royal flowers and wondered if there was anything more beautiful than the Eternia Sweet Blossom. Oh yeah, himself. He chuckled smugly to the heavens. Like a fucking jerk. (laughs) Suddenly, a stranger entered the other end of the courtyard. Adam brushed his perfect blonde 80s mom hair from his eyes to focus on the figure. Who goes there? Adam hearkened. The tall, muscular intruder, who was just as swarthy as he was naked, wearing what only appeared to be a blue singlet with the belly ripped out and a wrestling belt, (laughs) approached. As Prince of Eternia, I command you to declare yourself, Adam shouted. The tan stranger met face to face with the prince, shook his poofy red mane away from his head with cocky swaggerness. I am Lionel, Prince of Thundara and Lord of the Thundercats. (laughs) I have detected you with my sight beyond sight and challenge you to a battle for each other's lives. I'm not very good at this. Um... If it is a fight you want to have, Adam declared, then it is a fight you got to have. (laughs) Without hesitation, the two engaged in rigorous hand-to-hand combat, but no matter how hard they tried to land punches, their blows were countered by each other. After several minutes of sweaty fist swinging, sweaty fist swinging, (laughs) the two paused their battle. (laughs) You're good, Adam huffed. As are you, said Lionel. Shall we switch to swords? I accept, said Adam. Let me go to my room and get it, because he's kind of shitty at this. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel chuckled. No, this is a battle of noble blood. We will use the swords given to us at birth. Lionel ripped his singlet open to reveal a limp muscle man dong, just as tan as the rest of him. <laughs> then he yelled to the heavens, Thunder! Thunder! Thundercats! Ho! <laughs> Suddenly, his red pubes curled upwards, and his once flaccid catman dick grew five times its size and got cock hard. <laughs> Prince Adam, not missing a beat, dropped Trow and exclaimed, By the power of Grayskull, I have the power! (laughs) And his gravity-stricken dick grew massive, as did the rest of him, and he was now wearing what could only be described as a steampunk bungee jump harness. (laughs) He was no longer a man. He was a he-man. The he-man. Lionel made the first move and gripped He-Man's manolith and started furiously jerking it off like he was milking a one-uttered cow in a tornado. (laughs) Not to be bested, He-Man grabbed Lionel's front tail and pumped it in and out like Ram Man's legs. Lionel purred with delight. Quickly, he flipped He-Man over and moved the butt part of his BDSM web of belts. With pointed tongue, Lionel licked He-Man's asshole thoroughly like he was trying to get out the last bit of yogurt from an asshole. (laughs) 
He-Man then achieved dominance and still harder than Skeletor's arm took his royal cum gun and dry docked it into Lionel's rumble tunnel. <laughs> Scraping his dick in with the, same ins- with the same stress and effort that a 20-something-year-old He-Man Thundercats fan does trying to put on jeans. <laughs> Mouth to dick, butt to, or dick to butt, Mouth to butt, butt to butt. The two warriors fumbled around on the ground like Siamese epileptics looking for a contact lens. (laughs) For what seemed like hours. Finally, the two cannot relent any longer. Lino screams, Kitty wants some milk! And He-Man blasted his load of high school dropout juice right in his wanted face. <laughs> Lionel follows suit and releases his salty weenus cream into He-Man's golden locks. <laughs> the two lay in the courtyard, more spent than the money parents spent appeasing their kids buying these two shoddy action figures. <laughs> Suddenly, the two hear a rustling in the bushes. They investigate only to find Lionel's impish cat sidekick Snarf face first in a mass of green fur belonging to He-Man's trusted Mount Battle Cat. <laughs> Snarf, what is the meaning of this? Lionel demanded. He looked up, popped the giant, kink, giant pink tiger dong out of his mouth. Aw, Lionel, I just wanted to eat some pussy. Snarf, snarf, snarf. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Stephen Wilbur. I need Shane or Christian. Where are you guys at? Shane Torres. Clap your hands for Shane Torres. That was fucking disgusting, Stephen. This is going to end abruptly because I got all caught up in it because I actually like Saved by the Bell. Uh, (laughs) Saved by the Bell The Sleepover (laughs) Fucking nerd Uh, Alright My place for the sleepover it is Zach said the reason they decided Zach's and nobody else's was nobody else's home was up to Zach's privileged white standards. <laughs> My parents are too religious to allow a boy-girl sleepover, Kelly said. Not in my place. Screech's house was too, was too unnerving with all the drinking his dad did. <laughs> Why not my place, Slater asked. <laughs> Nobody could stand the unspecific ethnic cooking smells. (laughs) Zach said, like a cunt. (laughs) Everyone else's silence confirmed it. How about we all stay at my place, Jesse piped up. No, they all yelled. Nerd bitch Slater tagged on. (laughs) And Lisa's place was out of the question. Everyone just assumed she lived in a bad neighborhood because she was black. (laughs) Yeah, it's playfully racist. Get into it. 
It was the big night. Everybody's hormones were raging. It started slow and uneasy. After Zach's parents went to bed, the fun started. They all gathered round. I have an idea. Why don't we try this? Zach said, like a cunt. He pulled out a bag that just said drugs on it. <laughs> I don't know, Screech. Me too, they both, Kelly and Screech, said. Too bad, you fucking babies. You're going to take this or you're going to get cut. Snitches end up in ditches. <laughs> Zach Bark, not a single hair out of a place on his perfect head. They all took the ecstasy. They didn't know what it was. And the mood changed almost immediately. I just realized it's spelled almost wrong, like A-L-L dash M-O-S-T. <laughs> Fucking fat, stupid me. Uh, <laughs> they laid around talking nonsense and giving each other back rubs. Slater got up to piss and Zach's window finally opened. I'm gonna go get some water, he said. He slinked down the hallway. Slater left the door unlocked. As he was shaking the last drops of urine off of his vaguely ethnic cock, he felt Zach's slender, feminine, familiar touch around it, sliding onto, Z- onto Slater's butthole hammer. Let me help you with that, Zack whispered. His fingers already in Slater's mouth, knowing there would not be an objection, it began to stroke Slater's pulsating member. Zack jammed his dick into Slater's cock pocket. (laughs) The smell and tearing of flesh almost identical to someone making beer can chicken. What if that was it? It's not, but what if it was? Uh, As blood spilled onto Slater's tidy whities (laughs) Zach Zach alternated whispering between between whispers of, I love you, and push back, you fucking Puerto Rican. (laughs) When Zach released his rich white cum into Slater's turd cutter... Slater spilled into the toilet and they collapsed onto the floor, sweaty flesh all over the place. Uh, I've never noticed this before, Zach said, but your hair on your head is the exact same as the hair on your crotch. Weird. (laughs) The tile was cool on their skin. Zach said, I want you to take this. My cell phone. I can't take it. Zach said, take it, take it, Slater. Not the same this time. Slater put the phone in his overnight bag. Slater knew if Zach's dad ever found out about this, he would kill Zach. (laughs) They pulled themselves together and walked back into what 
walked back into the living room together. As they walked in, they were horrified to see what was next. Lisa, Kelly, and Jesse were stacked on top of each other, nude, like a sexual s'more. (laughs) Screech was in the corner whipping his cock with a wet towel, (laughs) like he'd done so many times before. As Screech's genetic poison dripped out of his penis, he cried, Building! (laughs) Now, if the night was not already strange enough, it was sure to get weird. The girls stopped their fuck fest. They all looked at Screech. Why would you say that, Zach said. Screech pointed. Belting. And there stood outside the window with their lead educator in a trench coat. He let himself in. What are you doing here, Mr. Belding, they asked. Hold on, he said. I'm Dick. This is Mr. Belding. And he opened his trench coat. To to reveal a cock that looked like an innie belly button. Suddenly it was growing more and more. And it turned into Quato from Total Recall. <laughs> None of this ever happened. You were all good and ate pizza, said Quato Penis. <laughs> Sex is for bad little boys and girls. You don't want to be bad. You want to be good. Penis Quato closed his eyes and began to sink back into Mr. Belding like a turtle retreating to its shell. (laughs) Mr. Belding left. The next morning, Slater woke up on the living room floor, fully clothed. He got up. Everybody was in the kitchen. Hey, we didn't want to wake you, Kelly said. Come sit next to me, Jesse said. We're making breakfast burritos. Slater thought this was weird. No one mentioning anything. They all parted ways. Slater went home to his military father's house. He hated it there. He goes, I guess it was just a dream, he thought. As he began to unpack his clothes, he found Zach's cell phone. It was the sweetest dream after all. Thank you guys very much. Shane Torres. Where's Christian at? Christian Ricketts. There he is. Clap your hands for Christian Ricketts, folks. Give it on. Hi, I used my computer and my story was Dumbo. One day there was an elephant. His name was Dumbo because he was fucking stupid and people hated him. started to turn up for Dumbo uh, the day when he learned how to fly with his ears. That was really great. But now Dumbo was feeling depressed. He tried so hard to do well in his last few circus performances, but he kept fucking up. Because his ears were really big for some reason. And, aside from his enormous ears, he also had an enormous cock. (laughs) Dumbo had come a long way learning to fly with his ears, but with puberty, the rest of his body began to grow, especially his unsightly elephant dick. (laughs) 
It was 18 feet long, and the and the end was purple because it was difficult for Dumbo's stupid heart to pump blood so far. Aside from this, he also had an unsightly asshole that looked like the mouth of a ghost. (laughs) But by far, Dumbo's biggest problem was knocking things over with his big dick while flying. One night, a clown on stilts tripped over his dick. He knocked the clown off of those stilts. Watch out, you fucking idiot, said the clown. (laughs) And always, whenever he was flying around the big top, Dumbo would fly over people's heads. And where they used to scream with delight, now they just screamed. (laughs) He ruined ice cream cones, knocked off tasteful hats, and killed old women who no one cared about. Sometimes when Dumbo's dick hit a metal tent support or something, it would make him cum immediately, and his cum would often drown five or more people in his cum. (laughs) But that's okay, because this was the Midwest, and people were used to drowning in floods. (laughs) The worst had just happened, though. He knocked off another little girl's head, even while she was sitting on her daddy's shoulders. He should have been protecting her, but he was a loser. The little girl's head was nearly separated from her shoulders, spraying blood everywhere, making the sides of the circus tent look like the walls of a Syrian rebel hospital. (laughs) This made Dumbo feel bad. All right, Dumbo, it's time for you to be punished, said the ringmaster, cornering Dumbo outside of the circus tent. Dumbo began to back away, but he felt something behind him. You aren't going anywhere, said the clown, who was still on his stilts. The clown, balancing on one stilt, then shoved the other one deep up into the generous folds of Dumbo's elephant asshole. Ah, said Dumbo, because he was a talking elephant with four yards of unfinished wood shoved unceremoniously up inside of his asshole. But Dumbo was no stranger to fucking. That one time when he got champagne drunk and he saw a bunch of pink elephants, he passed out and was... He passed out and was date raped by nearly 20 crows who all flew into his gray asshole at the same time and put on a minstrel show. <laughs> Piano and all. So, da- so Dumbo can handle his shit, in other words. Ever since he started growing out his fat endangered penis, gang rape was especially common. It was actually rather common for bearded men from the Pacific Northwest to commit suicide on his unthinkable cock. <laughs> I guess horses just weren't doing it anymore. You've seen Zoo. No, you haven't. So as the ringmaster was undoing his trousers and the clown behind him was busy losing a stilt-up Dumbo's stupid big... Dumbo's stupid asshole. I didn't write that, but I just kind of ad-libbed it. But we can all figure, you know, it's a stupid asshole. Dumbo's big, hard purple dick started to touch his stomach because it was getting so hard. The ringmaster dropped his pants, and he was rather well hung himself. Dumbo looked down with admiration. The ringmaster's penis looked like a big, hard dick. (laughs) Just then, Dumbo had a strange look on his face. What's up with your face? asked the ringmaster. Dumbo said, oh, I'm just trying to dilate my asshole without touching it. It's fun. You should try it. 
With this, Dumbo's impossible asshole sucked up the clown's body, stilt and all, so that the clown's own asshole and juicy balls were inside of Dumbo's asshole. This isn't really important to the story, but I thought I would bring it up. The ringmaster quickly hid his mammal stick up Dumbo's nose, fucking all of the green coagulated snot and crow cum that had accumulated there. Yeah, said the ringmaster. Nice. Dumbo stood obediently as the ringmaster fucked his nostril while the clown struggled for meaning and purpose deep inside of Dumbo's shit clinic. By the way, Dumbo is an elephant. The ringmaster's fat belly was covered in sweat and his dick smelled like handfuls of mud, which is what he used to masturbate with whenever the little people weren't sleeping. He forced them to have sex when they're sleeping. The ringmaster came into Dumbo's nose, and just as he was thanking Dumbo for being so sexually available, a murder of racist stereotypes flew in out of the sky. My oh my, I knew I smelled an orchard going on over here. Yes, oh yes. Cornbread. <laughs> said Jim Crow, which is the actual name of the main Crow character from the popular Disney film Dumbo. Hey there, Jim Crow, said Dumbo. My butthole has moistened itself and this two-pump chump chump just blasted my nose with his kid cream. Well, come on, boys, crowed Jim Crow. Let's all fuck this elephant. Whoa, 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 said the ringmaster. Now I am punishing this here elephant for having such a deadly cock. Now why don't all of you bastards just segregate the fuck out of here? (laughs) Besides, he added, how the fuck are you going to fuck Dumbo? He's the biggest cock slut in the world, and you're a bunch of little birds. Beg your pardon. No, it's fine, said Dumbo. Jim Crow then said, why, don't you know that us crows are just dicks with wings? It was then that the crows began systematically shoving their bird faces up into Dumbo's cum-filled nostrils, covering themselves in bumpy spooge. The crows, now lubricated, flew one by one up into Dumbo's asshole, where they began to rape the clown that had just fallen asleep in there. (laughs) A former meth addict and current meth addict turned roadie walked by... He saw what was happening and said, that elephant's asshole looks enormous, and then he crawled in. The crows raped him too, or something. Just then, the ringmaster began hitching up his pants. Ah, looks like another fun night in the big top. Time to go to bed. With that, the ringmaster also crawled into Dumbo's asshole, because that was what other people were doing, and he was never much of a natural leader and more of a follower. Honestly, he was only a ringmaster because it was a dangerous job and no one else wanted to do, and he was a pedophile with an extensive criminal record. (laughs) Just then, John Barrowman from Torchwood showed up. (laughs) Hey there, Dumbo, did you already come? No. Well, then, can I crawl into your asshole for some reason? Sure. 
Even though Dumbo's asshole was full of people and stuff, he still could not come. It was very frustrating. He had been rubbing the tip of his sadly endangered penis across the end of a discarded rake, and even then, he still could not come. (laughs) Then Dumbo heard a voice. I believe I can help, said Uncle Tom, another crow who I just made up that further highlights Disney's racist past, so stop being offended. How can you help, said Dumbo? Are you going to give me a magic feather to make me come? Why, my whole body's made of magic feathers, said Uncle Tom, who then flew unceremoniously up into the quivering canal of Dumbo's dickhole, burrowing cleverly inside like the Millennium Falcon hiding from the Empire. (laughs) Duh, said Dumbo. The pressure of all the living things inside of his asshole was too much to bear, and it was then that Dumbo got off harder than George Zimmerman. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The river of cum that emanated from his manhole-sized dick portal was more intense than the river of refugees fleeing eastern Congo. Eastern. Uh. he said because he was a stupid talking elephant that just destroyed a town with the fluid from his orgasm that was nice it was then that a cute little girl approached Dumbo hey Dumbo can I have your autograph sure said Dumbo who turned around and shit two clowns John Barrowman from Torchwood and a bunch of crows all now dead from lack of oxygen onto the little girl's head killing her and sending her to hell Christian Ricketts the lovable and charming your final competitor, Ian Carmel. Clap your hands for Ian Carmel. Good to see you. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, I'm all right. <laughs> Fuck all of you. <laughs> Toddlers and tiaras. Ian Carmel shifted uncomfortably. <laughs> But handsomely, in the wooden seat next to the judge. (laughs) It was just a joke! An amazing, well-crafted, Pulitzer-eligible joke, pleaded Ian. Besides, I'm not the disgusting monster who suggested toddlers and tiaras. It was someone in the crowd. It was someone in the crowd. Fuck, I don't know. Brian Cook probably fucking came up with it on his own. It probably wasn't even in the bucket. Don't fucking cuss in my courtroom, Ian, said the judge. Sorry, said Ian. The prosecutor arose from his seat looking genuinely disturbed. Mr. Carmel... Is it true that you penned a story called Honey Boo Foo Goes Cum Dumpster Diving? Yes, 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 it is true. (laughs) And is it true uh, that the story started with the following sentence? Honey Boo Boo chugged a big black dork load of, quote, lewd crude dude spooge down her stupid fat mouth screaming out give me that go-go juice I need it in my tum-tum 
land so thick with southern despair that not even the most backwoods shithole in the most racist part of Mississippi would claim it? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, I did. And did you then point at a woman in her mid-40s in the crowd, wink, and then scream, this run-down fuck-up knows what I'm talking about? Yeah! <laughs> Yes, I I did. I don't understand what I did wrong. Ian asked, his eyelashes looking innocent and sensual at the same time. (laughs) Well, perhaps this will clear things up. The prosecutor walked over to a TV, turned it on, and fed it a VHS. The screen flickered to life to reveal Ian Carmel. (laughs) Uh, Pretty look... To reveal Ian Carmel... What did I write here? Oh, his dick looking pretty decent in his jeans. That's what I wrote. Ah. Storming back and forth across the stage, shouting, No candy for baby until this butt gets ruckused! No candy for baby until this butt gets ruckused! No candy for baby until this butt gets ruckused! <laughs> Ian slumped in his chair. The scene cut to Ian, sweating profusely, still shouting, You can be stuck here, a fat little piglet, taking home participation trophies, or you can show me you want it and ride this dick to the top. (laughs) Ian shifted in his seat. His his taut muscles rippling under his shirt. (laughs) What was I supposed to do? They gave me toddlers and tiaras. (laughs) Maybe maybe they were grown up and then like at a reunion, suggested the judge. What if, like, you were at home getting a blowjob, like a, like a great blowjob, like a really good blowjob, and then Toddlers and Tiaras comes on the TV, but you can't reach the remote, so it's you struggling with this decent beach, but all these children are on TV. And, she, and she's like, what's wrong? Does this happen often? And then you're like, oh, only every Wednesday at 8. And that's funny. <laughs> and that's funny, because that's, that's when the show's on. So it's, it's like a little joke. That's like a little joke inside of it. But, like, you're, you know, it's like you're struggling with getting this blowjob while the show's on TV. And, like, that's kind of funny. You know, I'm like the duality of those two things. <laughs> Suggested a juror. <laughs> okay, but it's, it's just a story. It's not real. The prosecutor stood up. It was real for this woman in the crowd. And now I need a volunteer. Get up here. You in the blue shirt, come on up. (laughs) Okay, what's it was real for this woman in the crowd. And then just just read this. Think about the swell and the And then, Ian shouted at me. 
啊。And then Ian shouted at me, "Picture it, picture it, honey boo boo, mouth full of testicle, like a chimpanzee in September." Chipmunk, chipmunk in September. <laughs> About the smell in the room, testosterone and pixie sticks, <laughs> and the innocence of being lost. I almost took my life that night. I haven't slept for more than two consecutive hours. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God! I'm so so sorry. Ian wept. His sharp features even more stunning in the throes of grief. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I called Honey Boo Boo's vagina tighter than the last parking spot at a Korean grocery store. I'm sorry. Mom rode was the last thing she'd ride until she rode the diabetes train to a gigantic early grave. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said two judges pumped her butt and vagina like two hobos riding the rails, trying to figure out which was tighter and assigning a numerical value to the tightness of each of the respective orifices. <laughs> But then Ian stood up. But what's really exploitative? Is it me writing an amazing dynamic story about these sweet little children fucking each other, or is it really this TV show putting these innocent children in front of America to be mocked? Which of these is truly the pageant of nightmares? Which one of us should be on trial? Said Ian. Besides, I'm a white dude. Said Ian again. Very aware of the current climate of race relations in his country. Good point, said the judge. You're free to go. Ian Carmel, get back here! Everybody up! All right. Once again, I'll remind you what everybody read, and then we will vote with your applause on a winner. We started with Sean Jordan with Frazier, then Ste- hold on, then Stephen Wilbur with He Man, Shane Torres with Saved by the Bell, Christian Ricketts with Dumbo, and Ian Carmel with Toddlers and Tierras. So, by applause, starting with Sean Jordan, Frazier. Stephen Wilbur, He-Man. Shane Torres, Saved by the Bell. Christian Ricketts, Dumbo. 
Ian Carmel, Toddlers and Tierras. A grand upset in Portland, ladies and gentlemen. Rister Christian Ricketts. Holy shit. Here's, let's hear it for everybody from round two. Well, that does it for round two, and congratulations, Christian Ricketts. To hear round one from this show, featuring Jackie Cation, Barbara Holm, Christine Levine, and Phil Schalberger, all reading pieces they wrote in advance based upon topics of their own choosing, go back and download episode 15. I'm excited to announce that competitive erotic fan fiction will be featured at the Outside Lands Festival in San Francisco on August 10th. We're going to have Dave Hill, Natasha Legero, Matt Bronger, Emily Heller, Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall, and more. Then August 20th, we're back at Nerd Melt in L.A. at 7 p.m. with special guest Mary Lynn Ricecup. August 23rd and 24th, I'll be at the High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver. Labor Day weekend at Bumbershoot in Seattle. And stay tuned for info on a whole bunch more shows, including Boston, New York, Omaha, and more. Details can always be found in the Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction Facebook group or by following me on Twitter, at Brian Cooking. See you next time. Now leaving Nerdist.com.